it was about prioritizing things in my life. Like you can apply the same principle to anything else. Like as long as it's a priority, you'll do it. I owe myself this because if I don't focus on this, what is anything else sort of worth? Like what? And then it comes back to a bit of self-worth and stuff like that. It's like, if I don't have this, what am I? You know, is my life chaotic? Hey, hey, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Tan, and this show is all about human performance. And performance means different things to different people. So I want to make sure that I cover as many different topics that help you get the best out of yourself. I chat with athletes, health experts, coaches, scientists, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We chat about all the best tips, tools, and strategies to help you get the best out of yourself and discover your extraordinary potential. And today on the show, I chat with someone who constantly inspires me, not just because of the ridiculously (laughs) incredible trail events that he does that is like over 100k each time, but actually more so because of his incredibly positive outlook on life and everything he does. It's truly one of the most refreshing things to to hear, to see, to be around is someone's positivity around what they do, even when things are not going great. And this year he has been through quite a little bit um, that has put a big spanner in the works of, well, in his training, um, especially trying to gain entries to qualify for Western States. Um, 100. So his name is Tony Brunton. He was an ex-client of mine. I would help him through his recovery process when he was training these insanely hard training sessions. We talk about his training. We talk about some crazy events that he's done and all the things that did go wrong (laughs) and how we managed them, how he managed to keep on top of his mindset. And in one of them, walk basically the last 50 40k 40 50k of it so he's just extraordinary to have a mindset that is so tough to take him through another 14 hours of um trail let's dive straight into it with tony brunton enjoy this episode tony welcome i was gonna say welcome to the bodies built better podcast but i think it's more of a welcome back (laughs) to the bodies built better podcast and as always, still good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> what people don't know is that we've recorded this already, except we had technical difficulties, which we weren't aware of at the time, and we had no audio. So here we are. <laughs> Giving it another go. <laughs> Doing it all over again. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to say, I want to give people a bit of an understanding of of our um, relationship, friendship. Yeah. You're, you're, you were a client because mm-hmm. I'm retired now, so you're no longer a client. Early retirement. <laughs> Everyone's retirement. dream, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I'm not living the dream yet. <laughs> I've got to put that out there. It's still a hard slog. Anyway, it's about you. Yeah. Um, you would come in to get recovery massages because you were doing incredible training and um aiming for incredible pursuits like running 
you know, 100 kilometer trail events all over the place, um, which is super inspiring. Um, but to me, the most inspiring thing about you is your positive outlook. Uh, anything that comes your way, you always have a positive spin on it. And I really admire that about you. And another thing that's, that I respect so much about you is this goal that you set for yourself a little while ago. And that is the goal of doing 5K of activity. Yeah, that's right. Every single day. Yeah. So that's where I want to start. Cool. Where did this goal come from and have you kept up with it? So it originated from like me and my dad. So my dad and I are both disgustingly competitive, <laughs> really bad. So we sort of set a a goal, you know, that's because we're both heavily active on Strava and we're like, hey, let's do a bit of a challenge between us. See who can do the longest, right? You know, let's, let's start at a 5K activity. Yeah, every day it could be a kayak, paddleboard, walk, run, whatever sort of thing you know we just needed to have that commitment to doing something every day um it went on yeah it went on for a while but that's sort of where it originates from but but what was it were you guys just talking were you out doing something like what made you go let's do 5k of something every day i think i think just banter between me and dad of you know because he, he's been doing a lot of running as well yeah. and sort of he's only sort of picked it up over the last few years and you know it was i think it was just banter like oh you know i'm always going to beat you because i'm younger or something <laughs> oh, like this like yeah. hang up the shoes old man sort of thing yeah. you know but um that's that's sort of where it came from just a bit of trash talk between <laughs> the two of us and he's like right let's see who can commit the most yeah and who has well, he he's currently in the lead now. He's in the lead yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, he's in the lead now because I had to take some time out because I had an operation. Um, but that was, yeah, yeah. I think he is well over 200 days. I think he's coming up to 300 marks soon, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So good on him and he's 64. Fantastic. Yeah, so good. So what was your previous record? I said it. I finished on a nice round 435 days. That's incredible. Now I want to talk more about that because to me the thought of doing something or the thought of doing 5K of something every day sounds really quite arduous. I mean I go to the gym and that's that works for me but and I guess you've got to find something that works for you but even still – it's not, I don't do or go to the gym every single day. So how did you set that goal and commit to it enough to make sure that you're, you you mentally showed up but also physically? I think it was about um, prioritizing things in my life. Like you can apply the same principle to anything else. Like as long as it's a priority, you'll do it. Um, regardless of how sore you are or something like, hey, I've made a promise to myself. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Like, hey, okay, you know, it's 11.30 at night. I don't want to be here. Like, it's raining or whatnot. It's like, no, I need to show up for me. I've promised myself this. If it's anything, you know, say I set a list of jobs for the day 
if this is the last thing I want to do. If I don't achieve anything else, at least I can say that I've done that one thing. I can take it off the list as, as shitty as it can be from time to time. I've got it done and it's the commitment and it's that thing for me as well as competition between dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting because you go, well, yes, you've made the commitment to yourself, but, you know, speaking from personal experience, I mean, I've committed to doing things and then not done them. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's you know, you miss one day and then you go back to it. Um so is is there is it just that it is is it that commitment to yourself and I know you said the competition between your dad which mm. is fantastic and that's um you know that's the thing that keeps you accountable as mm. well which I think is really important but is it just that commitment like what's the mindset what goes through your mind on the morning that it's raining and miserable and still dark and probably mm. freezing how on earth do you get outside and do 5k it's it's just like you know you sort of wake up and, and think your reason why you're doing it. It's 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 hard to sort of explain fully, but it's just that commitment. It's like, no, I owe myself this because if I don't focus on this, what is anything else sort of worth? Like what and then it comes back to a bit of self-worth and stuff like that. It's like if I don't have this, what am I? You know, is my life chaotic? You know, like if if I can't commit to one thing a day you know what else am I going to do it's like if I take a day off then I'm all, always going to allow myself to sort of slip it's like okay I can let myself relax or oh, I deserve that day off but it's like what does it mean from a holistic thing it's like it comes back to different things in your life as well it's like okay I really want to commit to 5k okay you know it could you could apply it to so many different things okay I told myself I want to progress my own business for you know an hour I need to minimize like maximize my time so it's like if I do a minimum an hour a day of something or you know what I mean it's mm. around that one hour mark is you know a walk takes about 45 minutes to an hour mm. you know a run depending on length and time management and stuff like that too I really love that and that self-worth piece is huge um, you did mention you know if you're not feeling so great tell me about that in terms of how do you manage your body because I can't I can't imagine you're going to be feeling awesome all the time mm. and you have to manage your body in a way that you can keep showing up every day and not only for the 5k but you've mixed in your trail running tr events yep. and the tr your training within that so how do you manage the the training felt for that and your body so the training like the 5K every day combines into the training routine. So say I'm scheduled to go out and do a 10K run. Well, that's more than 5K. So that's the day tipped. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like I'm just like anybody else. You know, I have lazy days where I'm like, I'm sore. Like I don't want to do this. But it's like, okay, how can we channel the time into something else? Like, oh, okay, I'm actually really sore. I can't run every day. I'm going to walk today. I'm going to walk minimum 5K. At least it gets me out of the house and still have that commitment. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So that's the big thing. I'd love to know, you know, you said 435 days. Mm. Over that time, was there something that, you know, you learnt about yourself or, um, you know, you discovered something that you maybe wouldn't have if you hadn't committed to that? Um, I think resilience mm -hmm. in myself, like, and the and the fierce, 
like discovery of like shit i can do this mm. you know like because it's such a daunting thing as well like you know you get you know a lot of people quit after maybe like a month or so um or you know maybe they get more than 60 days and stuff like that but you know that comes back to you know what i'm feeling when it's raining and stuff like that it's going to take me like say i quit on day 60 it's going to take me two months to get back to where i was mm. you know so it's that like oh man if i start from the start again i'm no better off like let's just keep going and you know on the days that you saw you're just like yeah you channel it somewhere else yeah mm. i love that because not only i mean you've said it not only are you training physically but you're training mentally as well for the the days or the events where you turn up and shit doesn't go to plan mm. speaking of not going to plan one of your races uh i'm gonna jump to brisbane trail 110k where you overshot 12 kilometers oh yeah yeah so that so an extra 12 kilometers yeah. on top of 110 kilometers yeah big day big day <laughs> big day out tell me about Tell me about how you were feeling leading up to that moment and then what happened when you finally found out that you had overshot so or got lost. Oh, I know. <laughs> so embarrassing. But, like, I was feeling really good, like, leading up to a, like, I think I was, like, 40-odd K in or 50 K in. Um, and then so, you know, walking along the trail sort of thing, I was feeling pretty good. I was like, yeah, this is going to be my race, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, sort of walking along and then seeing the trails marked and then looking the wrong way and noticing more markers and thinking, Hey, shit, that's the right way to go. And I was like, cool, you know, let's go this way. There's three, three, how was it? So I was walking up, there was a tree and it went straight, like the arrow pointed straight ahead sort of thing. But it was about 50 meters back from like this little junction, like an offset slightly to the left. But the main trail was going straight ahead, but would curve to the right. So the arrows like go straight ahead. So I kept going straight, but I looked to my left because uh, the straight ahead sort of curved. So look to the left and I saw three pink ribbons oh. hanging from the tree. And I was like, shit, three of them. This must be the way, you know. Um, and then so yeah, I turned. Um, I didn't program any. I didn't program the trail into my watch or anything. Like I was just like, hey, let's just go this way. Um, it was a lot of descent. I think like uh, the total was an extra thousand meters worth of vertical ascent. So headed out that way. Headed out about six k or just over six k or something like that. Um, by that stage, like it was yeah, heaps of descent. Um, legs were starting to get a bit cooked, you know, um, running low on water, running low on salt caps um, and cliff bars, really, had one cliff bar. And then so I hadn't seen anybody in ages and it was a bit daunting. I was like, oh, shit, you know, where am I? Um, so I tried to call my crew, which, you know, consisted of my dad and one of my really good friends, Jack, um, and I couldn't get through to them. Like the <laughs> the phones like were off it was like they were out of range but, oh, dad but, where were you i know it was i was just like when i need you the most <laughs> um but i was like oh shit like we knew that up in some of the hills um 
where we were, we went to a cafe and we had no service. So we're in that sort of area and they were like, oh yeah, there's a problem with the Telstra Tower or something like that. So they actually were having like a coffee or something like that. Um, in that area, so they were actually out of range. They knew that. What, did they? Well, they didn't know. Like they didn't know. Like they didn't check the phone because, because in all honesty, they they're like, oh, hands off, Tony's just out there running. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be, man, fine. He'll be fine. It's um, only 110 kilometers. Yeah, and then so I ended up, I ended up calling um my friend, like my really good mate Alex. I was like, oh, hey mate, and he's like, hey man. I was like, what are you up to? He's like, I'm just on the toilet. <laughs> I was like, oh. You know you're good mates when he picks up. I know. See, <laughs> commitment. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey. I was like, oh, man. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, you know, just out and about. He's like, aren't you meant to be running a race? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm doing it right now. And he's like, well, why are you ring me? I was like, I think I'm lost, man. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, real. I was like, yeah, can you check the map? Like, can you? Because I had like barely any uh, any service on my phone to get data so I, I was lucky to make the phone call to begin with and um he was like oh yep he goes well man you're way off course he's like you're meant to go that way way later on he's like you're meant to go straight at the junction i was like it did say straight but it curved and then i seen this and explained it to him and he's like turn around he's like or you've got i think it was like either another six or ten k's to the next checkpoint where i could sort of you know, hat, it. T- turn it in sort of thing yeah, and call right. it a day. Mm. Um, I was like, oh, I'll have a think about what I want to do sort of thing. And he's like, well, good luck sort of thing, like on your bike, mate. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Um, and then I sort of stood there for a bit and I turned around and it was just like this ascent all the way, like a gradual fire oh, track man. ascent. And I was like, ah, you know, what would I rather? Would I rather quit? You know, because obviously I had to pay for like a uh, Airbnb there, pay for flights. I'm like, well, I've come all this way to put myself through this misery. Yeah. Um, I'd rather quit knowing I gave it my all, sort of thing. So I was like, right, I'll turn around. And it's a, and it's a bit more of a, a hero story, you know. It's like, <laughs> hey, he got lost, but he turned around and he did it. <laughs> yeah. But like, a lot of feedback from the other runners were like, hey, a lot of other people got lost. Like one guy had to get helicoptered out because Insane. he got that lost. Like you know nothing against like a lot of people i found a lot of people out there were like discrediting shona um i think her last name steverson or something like that um who coordinates the run mm-hmm. um because yeah there wasn't enough marshals there wasn't enough this there wasn't enough that but you know i was just like hey guys you're here like you know we're all here for the same reason yeah, just try and make the some most dude of it. got helicoptered out i mean he was yeah. that lost i know i know but it's it, it's hard to say as well like you know what his situation was as well like you know was he disorientated from dehydration or you know like what put him there because you know you hear some horror stories you know um you know when did he get lost because i see a lot of people start packing it in like their stomach goes they start to get incoherent around anything post 80ks or post 70ks they're not looking after themselves they can sort of lose the plot Mm. per se so yeah so you turn around for another 6K. Yeah. What's going through your mind as, as you're going back? I know you said, yes, it's either let's just do this, mm. rather keep going than quit. But, like, w- how's your body holding up? You said that you didn't have much water. Like, yeah. how, did you, how do you manage all of that? Because it's not just about I'm going to do this, I feel good, like mm. I'm going to, you know, get the mindset right yeah. but like physically you could start breaking down yeah it was it was a lot of like self-management and like self-talk because it was like 
shit, I'm running low on provisions. How am I going to manage that? So I was like, you know, yes, I ran, I like, I did run out of water eventually. Um, I ran out of salt caps. Well, I wouldn't have been able to take, take the salt caps without the water anyway. Um, I had one cliff bar, which I was trying to like get down as well, but like cliff bars are really good if you're not in a race you're like yeah sweet they taste great but when you're like dehydrated yeah no they're mint they're mint (laughs) but then like without water to try and get them down as well you're just like this is a bit gross so like i literally put my hand out to other runners coming past i was like hey do you have any anything you can sort of give me like ended up getting some salt caps and like another cliff bar but yeah, we're still up shit creek, you know, without any water. Um, the quads started to cramp and, you know, for me, when the quads start to cramp, she's game over. Like it's going to be a bit of a slog for the rest mm. of the thing. So tried to like sort of felt them flutter. So I tried to sort of run where I could, but the legs would sort of lock out really tough. And I was just like, okay, not long to go. Like came across some marshals once I was back on the course, like a little bit further on. Um, asked them how long to the water and they're like oh, you still got five k's or something i was like oh you know how fast am i going now sort of worked it out in my head okay it's going to take me x amount of time roughly to get there can i hang on that long got got to the checkpoint eventually like cramping real bad sort of sat down like got some water they had like hammer nutrition um salt caps which i'd never tried before but i was like hey better than having the none on me mm. that i had because i run out sort of thing so yeah. i was like cool smash some of them stocked up on them and, and carried on moving and yeah my legs coming out of that aid station when i saw um dad and jack you know i'm pretty like from what i remember my legs were actually really wobbly like you know how you see like marathoners when they're finishing their legs are all like mm-hmm. spaghetti that was like me trying to get out of the checkpoint and i was like nah keep going you know get the legs moving they'll they'll warm back up again sort of thing after you sit back down and sure enough you know they held in there (laughs) (laughs) you say that as though you had like 100 meters to go but it was like 50 60 kilometers yeah (laughs) i spent a lot of time towards the end of the race like just walking because i was like no like there's not going to be much running it was more like a okay how do I manage my mind and the the time? Mm. So as well, like, okay, estimating the time, like it was slow, like towards the end, I think I spent like the last six or seven hours of that walking consistently mm. the whole way, like leading up to that point. It was like, yeah, a little bit of jog, a little bit of walk, a little bit of jog, a bit of walk. But yeah, it was just like, how do I manage the time? And And that's the thing when you're out there by yourself, all you've got is yourself to sort of like, talk to or you know so it's like hey how do I coax myself into not quitting and not breaking down it's like cool one foot in front of the other look at the time cool I'm I'm averaging like maybe 11 minutes okay or something because I'm walking Mm -hmm. okay how long until the next thing break it down into little bite-sized chunks you know right it's going to take me this long to get here that sort of helped a lot is breaking things down into smaller more palatable things like as Tito's saying shit you know i've got 50 k's to go it's like oh okay it's like okay how long till the next aid station or water stop you know cool let's get through and you know always you know be you know as upset and like beat down as you are always positive to other runners on the track g'day how are you you know like put a big smile on it but as soon as they walk past or something 
face. Sad face. <laughs> you know? That's it. I'm dying <laughs> yeah. inside. Yeah. But I'm real happy that you're here, though. <laughs> yeah. Person. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I love that because it comes back to also that 5K that you've committed to every single day. It's that conditioning of being in your own head yeah. and being by yourself. Yeah. And that's really helped, I guess, that play out in you know that sort of situation. Yeah. Um, I would love to know how long that second half took. I can't. It was, it, it was a long it was time. A long time yeah, yeah, it was a long time. Um, it was dark. It was cold. Like mm. I think my time was like twenty-one hours to do yeah. the one hundred and twenty-two. And yeah, with that extra thousand meters of climbing as well, like that's that hurts as well. So Absolutely. I think it was like five thousand plus meters of um, elevation over the total course total yeah. that I did, or like five point one, five point two. Can't can't remember yeah. exactly the number, but yeah, that really puts the sting sting yeah. on the legs and breaks you down a bit and your dad Hmm. how many times did you see him throughout that period i I saw them at the rest of the checkpoints so i think there may have been um either two or three until the end or it may have been two checkpoints and a water stop or three two or three 60 kilometers yeah so they put um water stops in so but they're unmanned so uh, they put them in spots. Oh, so that's not a checkpoint, though. No, oh, no. So I just see. a water stop. Gotcha. Yeah. So checkpoints are different where crew can get to, gotcha. and like um, marshals and stuff like that are all there to help you out, first aid yeah. and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, that that was a big thing. The water stops sucked because they use these big, like ten liter solid plastic ones that you get from like Woolies. And like you know how you get the ten kit, oh. uh, the ten liter box of water, yeah, yeah, and you know yeah, it's got the yeah, gotta, the goon bag inside, yeah, yeah, and you sort of punch the cardboard open, <laughs> yeah, punch the cardboard, open her up, and yeah. then use the little like dimple on yeah. it to pour your water. It looked something like that, but it wasn't a box. It was like a solid thing of plastic, and it had one of those dimples. But um, every time I tried to flick it, like it was rock solid, you couldn't move it. And so I saw another guy come up later on down the track and he was seething mad. Like he, he threw one of the containers and he was losing his mind because everybody struggled to get into the water and Aww. everybody was banking on them. So like people were like using rocks to like try and smash the lid off and stuff Aww. like that. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. So I was just like, oh, oh shit. Like I managed to get one of the actual plastic caps like right off off. Mm. But like trying to do that when your hands are slippery from sweat and you know yeah. gross and stuff yeah. like tricky and yeah so i managed to get it open help him out a wee bit like topped him up and then like, we carried on our way but i was like yeah poor bastard wow <laughs> yeah. i mean fair enough as well like you've barely got the energy to yeah. keep moving and then <laughs> to deal with that yeah so what was the message from dad and is it Jack? Did you say? Jack, yeah. Yeah, like every time they saw you, because obviously by then they know that you've had to mm. do that extra. Like they've both got really positive outlooks, you know, um, real similar mindset to me, you know, when they were sort of coaxing me out of that checkpoint, you know, and I was really wobbly, like I was really worried, you know, and Dad and Jack are like, keep keep moving, mate, like you will, you will be okay, like the food and stuff like that will settle in things will start to balance out. But when you're in that moment as well, you're just like, nothing could be worse than this. Mm. Nothing could be worse, even though it totally can. But at that point in time, you're just like, 
like what do I what do I do do I quit because my legs don't want to work like and then by the time I got to the next one we'll saw them again they're like see like you're you're yeah, okay you got this you, got yeah, this, you yeah. know and then, and that's you know from feeling so disheartened to like having that's why you have a crew perky up you know yeah. and and yeah as worried as you get it's not until you know you sort of leave them behind you just like oh man I'm without my crew like you know <laughs> yeah how do how do I manage this now I'd love to go rewind now just a little bit at the beginning we spoke about your 5k mm-hmm. every single day um and prior to us chatting you sent through some stats for events that you did and one of them was you've done the UTA 100 yep. twice mm-hmm. on the second time which was once you'd adopted the 5k every day yes yep you ran a seven almost a seven hour pb yeah yep crazy so do you do you really put that down to that 5k commitment or better training a little bit more savvy around what you had to do like what do you put that down to oh i put it down to like definitely yeah the commitment to the training because my volume because i made that thing to myself majority of the time the 5k would be a run because it's like you know a 5k is you know 23 minutes for me like on, on like an average holding pace mm. 23 minutes so i'm like okay you know all i need to do is go out there and do that and you know if i want to run easy um probably another big thing that i've learned is take easy days easy what's yep. easy for you oh like is that a walk or is that um in regards to a run sort of thing like when you go for a run yeah take it easy days easy right, sort of thing okay. it's like you know that that 5k every day did help towards the bulk of the training mm-hmm. as well but even when my legs were sore from a long run, it's like, okay, um, Saturday was usually my long run day, about 32K, and then the Sunday I would do a 5K, but it's like my legs feel like lead. I can barely move them, but it's like, hey, I'll go do 5K. If it's a bit slower than my normal pace, doesn't matter. I'm going through that motion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think for 2022's UTA, another big factor was um, that, you know, was a result of doing 5K every day was I was about 10 kilos lighter yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and with more experience under my belt from the the previous UTA as mm-hmm. well, a bit bit of a different strategy and um, probably the biggest um, contributing factor was they changed the course. Um, it was the year they changed the course. So I think it was only two and a half um thousand meters of vert over the 100k whereas when i did it the first time it was the four like it was just i think it was 4.4 thousand meters worth of vert over the course so a lot a lot of change there but it was more consistent fire tracks which you know i was a lot better at running anyway so it would have been interesting to see how i would have gone without Mm. the course change yeah as well but um, it's one of those things, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up getting a silver belt buckle. That's what I've always sort of wanted. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, they still set the same expectation. <laughs> yeah, you run yeah. sub 14, you get a silver. Because the first time I did it, I got sub 20, so which means I got a bronze. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I always thought to myself, shit, I'm never going to get a silver and not on that course. You know what I mean? But I was like, oh, hey, they changed the course. <laughs> How good is this? I'm going to get one. <laughs> That's great. And I was close, like. 
I can't remember what the exact time was. Like I ran like 13 hours 40 or something like close. I knew I was sort of scraping it in to, to even hit sub 14 yeah. on that. But yeah, like a bit of a different strategy and, you know, just more experience, you know, just, yeah, yeah that, that really helped. Along with the stats, you also said, I've always been a cowboy when it comes to approaching diet and structured training. A lot of trial and error on long runs and even being brave enough to try new things on race day, which is usually a massive no-no. What on earth are you trying for the first time on race day? Oh, well, the the big one was on like 2022. Um, was the salt caps, like the volume of salt caps. Because usually I'd go for like a 32K run and I'd take one salt cap over that whole time. And I'm like, oh, I might get hypernitremia, like, oh, a bit worried. But then I went like for the UTA uh, and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to eat these like candy sort of thing and sort of made out. My strategy was a minimum one salt cap every hour on the hour but every second hour, take two right? Um, or take one later on if I felt any form of fluttering in my muscles, anything that I may think like, hey, that could cramp, So, mm-hmm. which means I'm low on salt and stuff like that. Hey, just smash another one, but still stick to that plan of like, yeah, one on the hour every hour, two every second hour. And I reckon that was a big contributor to how it did it, but I was like, hey, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> Wow, yeah. and that's like 13 hours. I mm. mean, I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to try. But <laughs> That's a lot of salt. That's a lot of salt. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's why I was just like, mm, I've been and how, how much salt is in a salt fat? Oh, it depends on the brand. They differ. Right, okay. Yeah, it, it differs between brand, like I think Hammer, and the brand I use is Salt, uh, salt Slick or Salt Stick. Right. Yeah, salt caps because apparently, you know, Google reviews, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they're there for. Um, any, tell us about your nutrition for your for race day and how. <laughs> I, lo- I love this. There is not. <laughs> um, is there any? <laughs> do you oh. practice what you do in training? Or are you just. Oh, like on my long runs, my nutrition plan is uh, water with some um, effervescent, like sodium tablets in my in my camelback sort of thing um and salt caps that's it i don't usually take any i'll take a couple gels i'll take a few gels depending on how long i'm going um but yeah nutrition plan on race day doesn't really steer further than what i do during it when i rock up to aid stations i will eat pretty much nothing but lollies because i'm a sucker for lollies (laughs) um and watermelon just lots of watermelon. watermelon yeah watermelon's so good it's so refreshing um and po- well sorry pre-race pre-race uh i fast yeah I don't. you fast yeah i don't don't usually eat, i don't eat breakfast how how long is the fast uh overnight just oh, overnight yeah, just like overnight. so yeah i'll have have dinner but i'll wake up um won't sort of have anything and even for my long runs and and morning like regardless of what i do in the morning yeah it's never breakfast beforehand really yeah yeah i just find i can't run like i can't move with a guts full of food you know when did you find that out when i tried to run with a guts full of food and i was like man i feel like shit <laughs> yeah but so what had you eaten and then how long after that did you go for a run 
Oh, so, but like, usually what I'd do is, yeah, I'd make like I had a couple bits of toast mm. and a banana. And then by the time it took me from here to drive to where I was going in the hills, um, I was just like, that, that would be the time for it to settle. And then I'd start moving and sweating. And I'm like, oh man, like, my tummy's a bit bloated or that's not sitting right. Or I'm just like, oh, this is annoying. And it feels like I'm as weird as it sounds, it feels like I'm running heavier yeah. as well. Like, if I try, um, I'm pretty sure, like, from what I recall, well, like, because it's been a while since I've run, like, in general, mm. but um, I just have a tall glass of water in the morning. That's it. Really? And then, yeah, just like, that's what I usually do anyway, like, out of bed, straight out, have a nice big glass of water. And so, what's the, the meal the night before? Um, and how many hours do you have that before bed? I, I'm not strict on when I have that meal. Okay. So, like, sometimes it could be late, sometimes it could be early. Like, what's late and what's early? Uh, like, nine. Is late, okay. Yeah, yeah nine's late. late. Um, and then, you know, maybe six. six. Well, probably maybe that's normal people time, six o'clock. <laughs> normal people <laughs> normal time. Normal people time. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just sleep it off and then the next day, yeah, just get up and just rip straight into it really. And is there a choice of meal that you have? Is uh, it the same every time? No, nah, anything really, oh, like anything. Carby, like <laughs> or nothing too, like oh, I really like deep fried food. Who doesn't? But I'm just like, nah, like. Sometimes it sits well, sometimes it doesn't. So, like, mainly maybe like a pasta or, or okay. something. Yeah, yeah, something easy. What's been happening this year? Because you've had three visits so far yeah. to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about your back because you've had, well, you've had lumbar surgery now yep. on the discs. Tell us what happened and how that's been, you know, managing that, especially going from, you know, doing something every single day, mm. training for events and then being out of action. Yeah, that's 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 a big one. Like um, with the 5Ks as well, you know, some people ask me why I do it and it's like because one day my body's going to not let me do it. You know what I mean? Might as well take, a, take advantage while I can and enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, like a bit of a, a humbling experience. Um, with my back, like 32 and having a um, disc surgery, like, mm. you know, relatively, like, pretty uncommon. Um, yeah, pretty much, like, what happened with the incident was um, I was over in New Zealand and um, I was staying at a friend's house. I, was, I had run UTA in October um, and I'd sort of, sort of taken some time. I was still running but nowhere near the volume. I was sort of you know quote unquote enjoying life um and just doing 5k walks Five, yeah. yeah 5k walks or, or whatever um and then um i was like cool you know the christmas rush is coming everybody loves to put on weight i was like i'm gonna try and get over that by starting to ramp up my training again like it was it was ever so gradual um i had started you know doing 10ks again i'd met my sister over in the gold coast first to spend a few days with them um because they were there on holiday from new zealand so i was like cool i'll go spend some time with them um started running with them like started doing some runs there and then it was great because the place we were staying had a pool so after the run straight in the pool like never been able to do that like one of the best things yeah. um and then so yeah i was like oh a bit stiff and you know i was like oh classic aches and pains from um starting training again and then so jumped on the plane went to new zealand you know did the whole you know i'll stay with this friend for a few days this friend for a few days etc um and i was like right i'm going to continue 
you know, and, and take my gear with me and, and do the walks and do the runs and stuff like that. So I'd gotten up, I was standing with my friend Chris and um, one morning I had gotten up and I was like, right, just going to go smash this run and I'll be back, you know, 5K is, you know, easy, over in 20-something minutes, job done, out of the way for the day, check. Um, and so where he stays, um, behind the house, they've got what's called a stop bank because they live next to the Waimak River. Um, so when the river goes up, the stop bank stops the water coming over into the houses and stuff like that. So it's, it's actually the perfect path to sort of run on. So I ran... Out, out of his house like 1k to the stop bank pretty much by the time you go around all the houses and then so i was like cool like they had this little low wire gate like sort of stopped stepped over it did the run came back and i was like oh mint you know perfect perfect distance like cool um the next day got up and i was like cool i'm gonna go slap this run and um got to it and I was like, oh, you know, I stepped over it last time, you know, I'm, I'm running really well. I think my first K was like a 410. I was like, no, I'm running great straight off the cuff sort of thing. No warming up because you know what I'm like, you're stretching. Um, <laughs> so I was like, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle this absolute beast being a, a 30 centimeter high wire fence. Um, jumped it. When I landed, I remember putting my right foot down and then just feeling this like, excruciating like i'm not really a stranger to like pulling muscles in my back and stuff like that but this time was like really different i hit that ground and it just rocked me like i just sort of stopped and like i yelled and then i sort of kept stepping slowly i was like okay i've pulled my back what do i do i've still got 4k left on the run if i if i stop i'm gonna break it i'm just like nah i can do this it'll probably still do me the world of good so um first k was like yeah 14 415 i finished it at like 445s but I, I i still finished the run and i got to the fence on the on the return route and like stopped stepped over it mm. um got back in like the next few days were like oh yeah like you know it's a bit stiff getting up and out of the chairs and stuff like that like definitely could tell like i was like a board you know mm. um and then yeah like a few more days went by and had to go over to the west coast to see my friend Daniel because I was like, I called him. I was like, "Hey man, you know, like I hurt my back, so blah blah blah." And um, they were looking at going to the Kamara races. Like, this is the biggest event on the west coast. It's all like little right. towns, like sure. you know, on, on the west coast of the South Island. There's all sort of little towns, you know. And so he just lives in a place called Hokitaka. Um, and so like, yeah, I was I was still really stiff, and I'm just like, oh man, you know what, like. I woke up one morning, I was like, oh, you know, before the races, like a couple, well, maybe like a day or so before the races. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Because I had walked the days before. I was like, I'm going to go for a run. I was like, you know what? It's just muscular. It's just muscular. So I was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to go do not 5K, 10Ks, you know, cause, because Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> so like I did this run and I was like, cool like i could feel myself like loosening them up like loosening up around the hips like lower back i was like cool like let's just keep it easy take it easy because take it easy days easy right and um got back sort of did some stretching and daniel was a really big fan of like recovery because he plays uh what well, i call him i call him semi-pro rugby you know enough that he sort of gets paid to play so good you know good enough yeah sort of thing and um so he, he's got all these fancy contraptions for recovery and he's like, oh, mate, you know, have you tried this and this? I was like, you know what, 
I'm your guy, you know, like after doing some stretching, I was like, I feel really good. My my uh, outlook on life had changed. Like the pain had sort of gone away because I was nice and warm and afterwards I was like, life's good, you know, feel <laughs> Fixed. good. Fixed. And I was like, do you do your little magic on me, mate? Like, yeah. cool, like really weird stuff. But anyway, um, and then what happened was I was like, cool. So went the rest of the day and then it wasn't until – the next day you know i thought like if there was going to be any pain it would be later on once i had cooled down no still really good next day woke up in bed and i was like oh my i can't really even move my legs like i was just like oh man so i had to use like the headboard to pull myself out of bed to go on my hands and knees out into the lounge and be like guys like serious problem like mm. i've i've really done it bad sort of thing and they're like oh mate you know don't be pussy sort of thing <laughs> like come come to the races with us and i'm just like oh like i don't know if i can like i tried to sit the even sit the breakfast table to eat brekkie and i was just like squirming like holding myself up off the seat and i'm just like i can't do it like i, mm. I have to like it was either lie on the bed or lie on the floor like mm. that i couldn't sit on the couch like i couldn't sit um and then over time, like, well, dad had to come and pick me up from the West Coast anyway. So traveled back with him. But when I was in the car, I was like holding on to like the door and the center console, like pushing myself up yeah. off the seat. And it's like a three hour trip. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just like, oh, man, like, yeah, this is really bad. Like, um, by the time I got home, um, mum, like, my mum's got a really bad back, like, as well. And um, she had she had like three codeine left, and I was like, I need something because I was only taking Panadol. Um, and yeah, like I was like, hey, can I try one of these? Never had it before in my life. She's like, take one of these. Had a bit of food. She's like, give it forty five minutes on the couch, and then see how you feel. Game changer, like definite game changer. Obviously, they're not very good for you, but you know, had them. I was like, shit, I can move. So with that coming back from the west coast, I hadn't done anything that day. And so mum's actually got a set of crutches as well because bad back. Um, I took one of the crutches and I said to dad, I was like, right, we're going. And he's like, are you sure? And mum's like, no, no, you sit down. You stay there. Don't <laughs> yes, be. Yes, because she's smart. I know. She's like, don't be so stupid. I was like, let me be stupid. Yeah. And so. It was super slow. Like I had a crutch because I was like, I, I looked like a question mark sort of thing. I would lean to the right real bad. I'd have to stop, lean on the crutch, lean to the other side. Like I'd have to stop in order to change what side I was leaning to. I think it took me like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that or more to do this walk. But I was like, I don't care like how long it takes because what else would I be doing? Lying there feeling sorry for myself. I'd rather keep moving. And in hindsight, like ended up getting an MRI and stuff like that in New Zealand. But, you know, um, in the long term, the doctors and surgeons were like, it's probably the best thing you did was keep moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So tell us about what happened next. So um, made it the rest of the trip, um, managed to survive on the last couple of codeines and then um had some like real strong other like painkillers with uh, tramadols as well to sort of get me through i went and got the mri um in christchurch and met with the sports doctor there um and that's when that's when he sort of showed me the results of the mri i was like 
because we were under a bit of a time constraint because he's like, um, we want to see what's happened because something that I learned is the inner gel of your discs, your spinal discs, they are actually treated as a um, like a foreign body. So when you herniate your disc, mm. it's the gel in the middle that comes out of the body, actually attacks it and dissolves it, majority of it. Um, so he's like, right, we want to see it where it is. Um, and then I went back like a day or two later, which was really good because he's like, I'm going to mark it as urgent because you've got to get on a plane yeah, in the next right. few days. Um, and I was like, yeah, sweet. And then went back, saw him. He was like, well, you know, you've done a doozy sort of thing. No wonder you um, saw like I prolapsed L3-4 so you could see it look like an L sort of thing. It was coming like out and down halfway down the vertebrae sort of thing. And it was it's compress- it was compressing uh, L3-4 nerve descending on the left side or something. Mm-hmm. So um, what actually ended up happening too was I became numb on my left leg from the knee down um, because it was putting that much pressure on and I had like power loss in my leg he goes yeah this is you know if you've got power loss your your nerve is that compress like you, you're not firing correctly um so he managed to give me like all my results on a USB and he's like right get on the plane go to your GP get the referral and stuff like that and then um did exactly that went to the GP they recommended me to go see um place in Norwood could the international spine um and then yeah pretty much got looked after by them um and then had to unfortunately wait um i I, like i've got health insurance but i hadn't had it for 12 months and so in order for them i think it was the anniversary of my health insurance was 30 days prior to them investigating if it was pre-existing so i called because i'm with booba um I called Booper. I was like, hey, how long until you can prove it's not pre-existing? And they were like, it's going to take us 35 working days, which is horrendous. But it turned out my anniversary for the 12 months, so they don't need to do that investigation, fell in between. And they were like, well, if you can put up with it, like still continue to, like they advised me not to do the walks. They were like, you just need to chill out. Like, listen to your body like you know don't be silly so i was like cool so i just walked and we waited for the anniversary sort of like sorry yeah we waited for the anniversary to tick over we had booked in the surgery and stuff like that and um yeah like even the morning of the surgery i got up i had to be admitted to hospital at like 6 a.m so i made sure i got up at like four and got my 5k walk in prior to oh, wow. prior to surgery <laughs> yeah what was the time frame between when you did it and surgery? So I did it in January, um, yeah. and I'm pretty sure the procedure didn't happen until the end of April. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was a few months that I was numb and yeah, just had to walk pretty much like um, I wasn't allowed to lift. Like, yeah, like I was, I was pretty cooked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it, yeah, you weren't running. No, like I wasn't okay. allowed. Like okay. they made it abundantly clear, like don't run because if you've got the power loss in your leg, like you could make it so much worse, sort of thing. They're like, you can still walk because who doesn't walk, mm. you know? But he's like, just listen to your body and stuff like that. If things get worse, like you gotta you gotta stop, sort of thing. But you know, I just took it easy, you know. Mm. Like sure, my five k walks were like longer than normal, but at least I was still moving, you yeah, know, like yeah. gave me a bit of sanity as well. Yeah. 
So, and there wasn't any nerve damage. In the long run, uh, post-op, um, it was crazy. Like woke up after theatre and I could instantly feel a difference. Wow. Crazy. Um, as of where I'm at right now, like oh, like 99.9% of the feeling has returned to my left leg. Yeah. Um, full power, like, yeah, like feeling really good. Honestly, the best thing I want, like, I did was yes go through with the with the surgery because mm-hmm. sometimes as well like meeting with the neurosurgeon um he's all like you know sometimes we get people to sort of not like not live with it because we're bastards or anything we we do it because um there's more risk involved mm-hmm. with cutting somebody open because yeah they 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 make about an inch inch and a half cut in your lumbar and then they have to shave a bit of non-load bearing vertebrae and they sort of come in and they push the spinal cord to the side and they use these little snips yeah it's crazy to to take the the loose like the the prolapse or herniated disc out Mm. so they're like a lot of like it's quite risky as well like Mm. infection and you know like they outlined all the risks one of them was like oh hey you know we could accidentally rupture um spinal cord and the the spinal fluid could leak out and stuff like that like yeah it's big risk so they're like ideally we're we're you know advising that you do do the surgery because if you ever want to get back to where you were this is what you need to do yeah and they were like they could sort of tell who i was as a person Mm. because they were like we know you're itching to go full noise like Mm. you need to bear with us but and you need to be patient um but yeah, we will get you back there. It's just going to take a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. How long was the procedure? It was a day. Like I think it was about uh, three hours. I think two or three. Yeah. Um, and then I stayed two nights in hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So after the surgery, do they get you up on your feet straight away? Like yes. when you come to? Yeah. 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 So it was. Um, yeah, they, they encourage you, yeah, the physios come around and they're like, right, this is how you get out of bed, like this is how you move because pretty much if you think about it, you've got, I don't know what the actual, I don't know if it's like a collagen or something, that, that actually keeps the gel in the middle of the disc while that's ruptured um, and they've taken the um, part of the herniation out, it's quite common for it to re-herniate um, as well. So they're like, you need to take it like seriously easy. But yeah, getting up like was tricky and they sort of showed you how to army roll into it and stuff like this yeah Yeah. but like got up on the first day managed to like go to the loo and you know do a little bit of a walk around the room but i was like yeah no 5k today boys you know (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah it was just like cool how do we how do we manage this Mm. like all new feelings with the body like yeah like I'm like, well, the feelings returning. I actually feel better than what I did when I went into surgery, which was so like, ins- I can't get over how instantaneous the relief was. Um, but then it's like, okay, let's not be silly. Let's just take our time. Mm. And I, um, I'm sure it was. I took eleven days. Eleven right. days. Yeah, including the day. That, well, if you don't include the day of the surgery, because I did the five k prior, but mm. eleven days is sort of the time I was like, no, nah, let's feed up. That's yeah. Let's move slowly. You know, like I had, I had one of those grabbers. You know, the claws, the trigger claws. You know, the extended. Um, they've got like the the pincher at the end, yeah. and you pick things up off the ground because yeah. they're like, yeah, oh, don't yeah. bend and stuff. Oh, like I that. see. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. They're like, do that and gotcha. yeah. Is that a bit of a mind play? Like you've 
gone in in excruciating pain and you've mm. still walked every day mm. and, you know, when you did it the first time, you, you even did 10Ks. Mm. And then to wake up, feel a thousand times better mm. and not be allowed to do anything. Yeah, it was it was humbling, I guess, yeah. to be like, okay, it's interesting how fast life goes when you're sitting still, you know, like mm. it's time to sort of use the time a bit for reflection and, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, you know, how sort of planning planning the comeback per se. It's like, okay, how are we going to manage this? Okay, I'm, I know that I'm going to have to have physio for a while, like, how do I do this? Because I know I'm not the best with listening to physio's plans because you're a cowboy. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, lift your leg, you know, do these basic. Mm. And it's just trying to make that mental connection with like, okay, we have to do these exercises no matter how lame they are. And I'm definitely still not a very good advocate now because I'm still going through physio. Like I'm doing a lot better mm. to stay committed to that, mm. but I'm more inclined like where I'm at right now is, you know, yes, like I, I've had to sign up to the gym to do that, which is a real foreign thing for me. Um, and then I've just been smashing a lot of um, indoor cycling really. But right. that 11-day sort of period was, yeah, reflection, how do I come back? Um, like, it's weird. It was like a hyper focus, like, mm. because when I did go for my first 5K walk, because I went straight back to 5K walk. Yeah. I was like, cool. Um, if something goes wrong, I've got my partner, Ali, and I've got my dad, because dad came over from New Zealand. Yeah. I spent a month with me to help nurse me, um, look after me, you know, just, yeah. and, um, I was like, cool, I've got them as the support. If I feel uncomfortable at any stage, I'll stop. You know, like, let's be responsible. Mm. Um, by the end of, like, the first walk, like, I was pretty wobbly sort of thing. I was just like, oh, I'm okay. Like, let's see how tomorrow holds up. Woke up the next day. I was like, there's no change. Like, I still feel okay. Like, okay, let's go again. What do you mean by no change? So, as in, like, yeah. How do I put this? Like when you wake up from surgery and stuff like that, you know, you're obviously in pains in certain areas. Uh, I was trying to be conscious of, okay, I've I've woken up, I've gone for this walk. Um, is there any pain in different areas, or has the pain intensified mm. anywhere else to represent okay. Okay, a damage? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you felt okay. Yeah, yeah. Felt. And you said so. When was the first walk that you did post surgery? It was 11 days after. 11 days. 11 yeah. days, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then when have you started running? I haven't been cleared. So uh, I haven't been cleared for running, but I – How long has it been? It has been uh, 76 days since <laughs> the 11 days off, since I've started right, the okay. 5K again. Yeah. It's been, yeah, I think about 70 – I think 76 days today. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the projected timeline for you to start? hopefully yeah yeah so when i first met with the neurosurgeon he's like tone you're going to be out for nine months and wow. and yeah and that, that was real daunting like that was a bit of like oh shit like okay how do we what can i do you know if it's not running cool which i love then it's like okay how do we channel this into yeah. something else what am i going to do and um so last time i went to the physio well the first physio appointment was um three weeks post-op mm -hmm. um when i went in 
uh, met with the physio, he was like, mate, you are moving like somebody post six weeks up. But he goes, doesn't mean you should leap yeah. for joy. And yeah, because they're like, just because you're progressing faster mm. than others, your healing rate isn't, you know, any different from anybody else's mm. still take it easy, you yeah. know. Um, and then he's like, cool, here's your exercises. And then I saw him um, at the six-week mark and he's like, mate, oh, well, that one I saw the physio and the sports physiologist. Um, and they were like, you know, they sized me up, they put the things on my back and they're like, well, actually doing really well. Actually, I think I saw them not six, uh, not at week six, but week eight because I had to reschedule. I had another surgery in that time. Um, had another surgery. Yeah. Called- yeah. 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 And then so <laughs> I saw them then. Um, they put the the nodes on my back and they're like pretty much you almost have full range of movement mm-hmm. apart from I think it was like my posterior pelvis tilt. I'm at like two degrees when it should be six. But they were like if you follow the plan and stuff and stretch and do all this you stuff, that. you'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. You should be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, what What was that other surgery? Oh, so I had, I had, I had a massive varicose vein mm. in my leg. Um, so I'm getting all these oldie sort of problems <laughs> at 32. Old person problems. Old people problems. Um, but yeah, like it was with that, like that wasn't as much of a biggie. Like it wasn't debilitating. Like it hurt from time to time and stuff like that. But the primary reason for removal was, um, Yes, like it, it could cause problems, like massive problems um, because of how extreme it actually was. Like it started, yeah, it started like halfway up my thigh, went down behind my calf, split off, went down into my foot like it's big. Um, but like it wasn't stopping me from training and stuff like that. But the main reason for removal was just purely aesthetics. Like it would just be real like, it was gross, but it was like real bulbous. So like after I would do a run, like just like anybody else would, then veins get pumped. But like this one would, if I was wearing like two XU compression leggings, all you would see is the vein, like running down my leg. Like it was. But it wasn't. It wasn't painful. Like it wasn't uncomfortable. Not every day, sort of thing. It wasn't an everyday occurrence. Like it would hurt at the joint um, where it was damaged. So the joint that was damaged, like the vein junction or joint not sure what to call it that was damaged was my large saffronous um which is up to where we start well i don't know if it starts but like the valve that was damaged um was up by my groin Mm -hmm. so um the varicose vein is actually the blood returning to your heart so um they're like yeah you can't fix that stuff so either we remove the vein there was a few different options and stuff like that but um did it stop me from doing the 5k no, because on the post theater sheet, it was like, you can still walk. We encourage you still to walk for half yeah. an hour yeah. sort of thing. But like, obviously stop if there's any pain. So I just kept walking a bit slower. But So <laughs> yeah. when was that post back surgery? Uh, that was, I think it was about five weeks, five weeks right. because um, I spoke to the um, vascular surgeon. I was like, hey, I'm getting a discectomy. Like, how long sort of yeah. thing? I was like, can we do it the week after while I'm still, you know? Can we just, <laughs> Whilst I'm in there. Yeah, you can just come <laughs> just and roll dice me, me over. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was like, let's give your body a minimum three weeks mm. sort of thing. And then he was like, well, actually, th- we can give it a bit more time if you want. So I was like, oh, 
what if, whatever sort of thing. I was like, is it going to stop me? And he's like, no, it shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, just actually read the post-op form, like info. And, yeah, it was like, you can still keep walking. So I'm like, man, I'll do that. You know, it just felt like just felt like I had this massive bruise on the inside of my leg, like all the way down. Like it's still it still feels bruised even today. Like, yeah, if I do some like bike riding afterwards feels a bit sort of tender and stuff like that. But speaking of the vascular surgeon, he's like, oh, that's a bit normal considering what I'm actually up to now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, there's just been so much that's gone on for you. Going back to, you know, how you've got such a positive outlook, when you look back at, you know, what's happened, how have you, you know, thought about the whole process how do you think about what's to happen um, and how do you keep that positive outlook? Um, I think what still keeps me real positive about everything is it uh, comes back to that whole I, I, I can do it, mm. so I, I, I will until because, yeah, one day the body's going to say no like mm. it sort of has, but hopefully it doesn't. And, yeah, like, you know, it could be a lot worse, like, yeah, I like. I think it's good to get outside, and and that's what keeps me lively. And, and in order to keep it up, you know, yeah. like it's just saying, hey, like I've got it pretty good. Somebody else definitely has it much worse out there. Like I'm just lucky for what I have, and you know what I can do mm. because, yeah, you know, like you know, sure, I'd be, I'd, I'd kill to be somebody like Quentin Dwelter or you know one of the, one of the elites, but then there's somebody worse off than me that's like, man, I wish I could even go out and do 5K every day, exactly. you know? like, yeah. So, yeah, it keeps me pretty positive, you know? It's yeah. like, cool, you know? I'm, I'm not the highest end, you know? I'm, I'm a real mid-tier sort of guy, but, you know, I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm happy to show up, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you can show up. Because I can. You get to show up. Yeah. Um, where, where did you learn this? <clears throat> How, where did you did you grow up within a positive family or is it someone that you um a friend or teacher that you looked up to like where did you learn this positivity uh like the old man's been a bit of a you know go-to like he's sort of like we're on the same wavelength like we're quite similar people well of course because i'm the son <laughs> but you know yeah, um, makes sense <laughs> makes sense but yeah like the overall positivity yeah just sort of things over the years sort of you know you just sort of learn it as well but there's um a line in the book of um it's called how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie um the only thing i took away from that book the only thing is um treat like that this is mainly for like treating others but you can apply it to yourself as well you know um always sort of be it's like when you come home from work and you've got a pet dog, no matter what sort of day the dog has, he's always happy to see you. Mm. You know what I mean? And when you provide that positivity to somebody else, it brings them up and then you just sort of gel. You're like, yeah, even, you know, I'm pretending to be positive, but, you know, if you bring somebody else up, you all of a sudden you're both like, shit, yeah, this is yeah, a good time, exactly. you know what I mean? And, yeah. it just, and then you both turn out of a bad mood into a good one because yeah. it's like, yeah, that's just bring it to the table sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, like what you said in terms of you might, not that you said you, you know, you're pretending, mm. um, but because you want to be 
bringing positive energy mm. to whether it's a group or whether it's a mate or friend or family, like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but that in turn, like you said, they pick up on your energy. Yeah. Then you both start to feed off each other and yeah. you'd actually end up feeling better for it. So it's no longer pretending. Yeah. And that's what I that's something that I also have been working on is just, you know, showing up the way I, I would want um, you know, my friend to show up for me, mm. but for myself. Yeah. So and and that's that. the, that's the thing you don't you know if there's two miserable people you'll be miserable you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, and exactly. and that's the thing you know like somebody wants to hang out with you like yeah people go through bad stuff like yeah. everybody does but you know if you try and sort of bring yourself up other people will bring you up and mm. you just hang around the people that bring you you know positivity and yeah, yeah pick and choose yeah and, that's yeah. it um I'd love to know who you look up to. Overall or like in general? I'd say in general. In general, like like I look up to my old man. Like he's yeah. pretty good. He's he's pretty good dude. Um but also like there's a lot of other people like a, a, a probably a primary one for me would be like Courtney Dwalter. Like, yeah. you know, she does those crazy amazing like races like which I would only ever dream of doing, you know, but whenever you see her out on course like you know she's only ever positive she's only ever happy she's always so stoked you know mm -hmm. like you know always so excitable you know it's yeah. just like even even watching the clips of her like on on instagram and stuff like that you're just like oh i feel charged after this you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. what i mean you're just That's like yeah. you know like because they go through the same highs and lows as anybody yeah. else but yeah mainly Mainly like corny, yeah. She's a bit of a she's a bit of a rock star, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I want to know what your tips are for the people who are listening. If they're thinking, I might try this five k every day. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. Wonder if I'll stick to it. What yeah. advice would you give to them to not only start it, or actually, if maybe they're not thinking about it. Hmm. Why should they think about it? If they do decide to do it, how can they keep on top of it? And anything else you got? Just just remember when you're sitting on the side of the bed in the morning and it sucks, you know, like just think why you're doing it. Like because it depends on what they value, you know what I mean? If they don't value the 5K, it doesn't have to be 5K every day. Just showing up for yourself and picking one thing that you will just do absolutely anything to do, you know, like it's just about values and just sort of sit on the bed before, or, or, you know, sit on the chair before you lace up and just think to yourself, like, why am I doing this? Like what, what's the driver like? What's the goal here? What am I going to achieve? How much better will I be? And just, you know, just make sure that it's one foot in front of the mm. other and you'll get there. Yeah, just get it done. I have to say, since our last conversation, which people are hearing for the first time, <laughs> I, um, you've inspired me and I'm yeah. doing something every day now. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yes. So I'm pretty happy with that. I've been doing some runs as well, which is the first time because I've had a bit of a yeah. leg chronic injury thing that's always stopped me from running because as soon as that flares up then I can't do any of my training because it even affects uh, oh, my man. training at the gym which yeah. drives me nuts but I'm slowly doing a little bit every day that's awesome 
Hey, you start at one's place. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, hey, hey, get around Strava. I'll drop you some kudos. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you hide. You hide away. <laughs> All right. And so for the last question, I actually like the guest to ask a question of the listener because your experiences have been obviously, as we've learned today, a whole lot different to mine and maybe similar to others listening, but I'd love for you to ask the listener a question of themselves that they can, um, you know, move forward today in a more positive manner or, you know, whatever you think is important that they ask. Um, pretty much what I really want to know is what's people's driver, you know, like mm. what what gets them going, like what's their one thing that sort of gets them to do anything, you know. Mm. Um yeah, why, why wake up in the morning? What's the main thing? What's your kicker? What's your why? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And I think that's so important because I think we can get so used to just becoming robots and getting up and doing the same thing every day and mm. same routines, whether they're serving us well or not. That's right. Mm. Tony, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming in again. That's right. That's good. This conversation. It's good to me. see you twice. <laughs> <laughs> good to be here. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. That was Tony Brunton. I'd love to hear from you. Have you done any of those trail events? Are you training for those events, or are you simply inspired by his? 5k of activity every day and possibly would you be uh, willing to do that too it, he's just so inspiring and i'd love to know what you got from it today as well so hit me up on instagram or send an email i would love to hear from you as always thank you so much for tuning in i appreciate you and your time have the best day week month and year stay awesome and we'll catch you next time Bye.